Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. I gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're in Colorado, or in Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in sweet Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Risk-free $1,000 sports bet. New users can also take advantage of WinBet's bet $1, win $100 offer. Simply place $1 on the spread, money line, or total of any college football or NFL game and have a shot at making $100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older and present in state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Pat, do you take any offense to my saying that I don't see much overlap in Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River in the state of West Virginia? Yeah, the song's about, John Denver wrote the song about Virginia. No, yeah, and I saw this going around on the internet. You guys are just fucking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) You're crazy. Bro. Make, we got Pat McAfee today. Big star. Big star, dude. I said the set's cheeks a lot. Yeah. Set's looking great. Love Thank all the you. bobbleheads, yeah. you know. You. Yeah, everything yeah. going on behind, hey, around. You weren't trusting the process. Yeah, the common theme, but you know, trust the process. Not a Philly thing, but you know. I'd hate for anything to happen in here. Like a fire? Yeah, fire would be awful. You know, <laughs> flood. <laughs> Brentwood, Tennessee. Hello! Yeah, Brentwood, Tennessee. That's right outside Nashville. Might be. Hometown of Dawson Knox. Oh, yeah. Three for 117, two touchdowns. Do the math. You throw in the ball, you gain approximately 40 or 38 yards or so. Yeah. You know? Every time. Brentwood, Tennessee. Shout out to Tom Sanny. Old Miss fame, Dawson Knox. 24 years old. Where else could he go to school with a name like (laughs) Dawson Knox? I don't know. Tennessee? Maybe. Uh, my layup line today? Yep. Under Pressure by David Bowie. This is a song I know. Yeah, it's about kickers. It sounds like, um, what is it, Ice Ice Baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suge Knight owns, owns that, <laughs> that Ice Ice Baby record. Suge Knight does? I believe so. Suge Knight comes looking for your record. You give him your record. Yeah, dude. Hey, if Suge Knight came looking for your real estate license, anything. You got it, my friend. Hey, right? What are you saying? Yeah. Hey, Suge. You're now doing business as Macon Gunter. (laughs) Hey, Suge. Hey, Suge. (laughs) Like, Suge shows up to your door at 2 a.m. Are you even calling Brad? No, Suge. It's yours, my friend. Take it. There's 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 an electric... Leaf blower in the garage. (laughs) 
But yeah, kickers are under pressure, man. They're under pressure. We'll talk about that. We already talked about Pat McAfee's coming on. So, hey, about that football game we just watched. We just watched the class of the AFC, okay? And listen, like, truth be told, we, we watched uh, half or like a little over half of this game because uh, we were in here plugging away. The delay really, really screwed podcasters too. We watched them in the four o'clock hour and we watched them in the eight o'clock hour and I'm not including Kansas City in this conversation because right now, like at two and three, the way they've played, they're just not in the top couple teams at this point. You know, so we got to get that out of our uh, out of our heads. Like they could make a run like they made in the playoffs a couple years ago. The defense could shore up. They could a number two could emerge for for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but right now, I don't see it. And I think the Bills, the Browns, the uh, the the Chargers, um, maybe I'm forgetting somebody. They're kind of the the ones racing to the uh, top spot for me. Yeah, right now Kansas City, the way their defense is looking, um, straight Swiss cheese. It's yeah. not going to work for Havarti. them. Havarti. The Bills, they maybe cracked another code for beating um, Mahomes with flooding him with D linemen. Well, that's the whole thing, Facts. You showed me the snap counts, you know, and I don't mean like on one, on two, on three. I mean like, hey, how many snaps did everybody get up front? Rotation is the name of the game in the NFL now up front. Absolutely. That was different. I was just thinking about this today because somebody, they were saying some team played 90 plays on defense. I can remember, and this sounds like a like walking to school in the snow story, make, but like I can remember 83 plays in Jacksonville. I'm talking about me, 83 plays in Jacksonville. Mike Waffle, when he got to St. Louis, was like, hey, this is how we're doing it. William Hayes is going to take a bunch of snaps. You're going to take a bunch. Rob's going to take a bunch. Like that's how this D line is built in Buffalo. And we talk about this all the time. This year we have. Kansas City has not addressed their weaknesses as well as Buffalo has addressed their weaknesses. And I think people have forgotten about Buffalo a little bit because they were playing in these really jacked up spots. And the only thing we saw was week one, everybody bet the bills and got burnt and hey, they're no good anymore. Now they're pretty damn good. And they have a bunch of rushers. And if you want to affect Patrick Mahomes, you, you throw fresh ones at him and you rush smart. Four turnovers for the Chiefs to uh, zero for the for the Bills. 436 yards, all right, for the Bills on 54 plays. Yeah. 392 for the Chiefs on 79 and, plays. And this is the thing, dude. This is what people are starting to make the, the Chiefs do. Earn everything. So a play that you're not going to like, you, didn't, you guys didn't get to see, and you'll probably see later, a uh, controversial call on Frank Clark with about maybe four five to six minutes to go in the game and it was a very very questionable roughing the passer call they they say it was low they say it was low and it was really right in his midsection and it was really a bad call egregious call okay and it really let's see it who knows if it would turn the game, but it's just one of those ooh, things that ooh. took away opportunity for Kansas City for sure. Ooh, but do you see the way he lowers and launches? No. Exactly. That's, that's a really bad call. Exactly, bro. Exactly. I it's mean, a, you, know, bad, you know, it, well, but, well, I hate the rule, but maybe where they get him is when he dumps him. Yep. 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 He put his shoulder into him. Now, I would too. Fuck, man. I got called for a bunch of these once they changed the rule. Interception on that play, though. Wow. 
I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, interception on that play. So oh, wow. that was a huge, a huge, huge, could have been a momentum switch for them. Yeah. But it was taken away, and I think the refs need to do a better job. Nah, he's up, he's up at his belly button, and he does even pull off with left side of his body. I don't like the call. You don't like the call. I don't like, I the, don't call. like the rule, but I think by the letter of the law, maybe they're arguing that he, he drove his body into him, but fuck it. Yeah, but fuck it indeed, Indeed, Chris. indeed. And by the way, it's it's really rough for the the away team with the with the delay, especially in Kansas City. If we were in the new Levi Stadium or something, and we had like a lightning delay or earthquake delay or something, um, we we'd be in this sprawling space with different rooms. You can go get lost. You can have your own row of shitters. Like literally, there's multiple washrooms. But when you're in Kansas City, dude, the stadium is old. And as much as I love old, charming places uh, in the NFL, like I, I hate that the stick's gone. I hate like that all these older spots are gone. The Arrowhead is, it's a tight place. The bowels of Arrowhead are tight. And the stools are small. <laughs> and the well, carpet. They'd, they'd have to be. And the carpet is red. Really, the carpet's red, dude. It's it's like off-putting, dude. It's like just an aesthetically off-putting environment. And the, the locker room's the size of this place right here. And you got 53 guys, you know, crowded into this room. You all in your shoulder pads. It's humid. There's a fucking storm outside. Like, it is not ideal. So for the Bills to come back out and to perform at the very least competently, that was pretty impressive to me. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Because this is becoming a theme, do you think that coaches <laughs> should start implementing some type of 20 to 30 minute delay in practices on an unannounced, <laughs> maybe once or twice a season and let you go get on your phone, whatever like that, and then come back out and right into team? If a coach told me to go inside for 20 minutes, I'm not coming back out. <laughs> Therefore, worst playing ride for me, the uh, your Super Bowl favorite at plus 550 win back. I know. Kyle's on the team. Fuck, dude. You the know, Buffalo Bills. Around. I picked the Eagles to damn near win the East. Almost. Yeah. Buffalo like, Bills. Yeah, you win the football game by 18, but you're getting home two hours later than you thought. Nobody likes a delayed flight. It's the it's for the support staff. Yeah. They're counting on yeah. being home by now. Yep, and you're going to be pulling into Buffalo probably. I bet you dudes it's going to be light out, especially as far north as they are. It's going to be light out when they get home. All right, I, fellas, what's the temperature in Buffalo, New York right now? Uh, Give 48 me your best. degrees, 48 degrees. Who 48. knows if they even get to leave tonight if that if that thunder and lightning is, and here's it, the is thing. far out. Here's the thing. I'm just telling you this. What's the temperature, facts? 48 degrees. Buffalo, New York, right now, right now as we speak. 1.03 a.m. Eastern Time. 41. 66. Gosh, Ooh. balmy, right? That's Global what Al warming. Michaels would say. Yeah. I think a lot of people think, like, the sooner you get back, the better. I used to implore, like, coaches if they ask, like, how should we do this? Like, they ask, like, the older guys, should we stay or, like, whatever. If you have a cool coach, they'll at least talk to you. Any chance we got, we'd be like, hey, can we stay over? Not because we wanted a party or anything, because you get such good fucking sleep in that hotel. And like, uh, I think we did it like once or twice where you play a game. In very rare circumstances, the team not come back. It really messes up your sleep. This is a real thing. If I go to bed after a game at 7 a.m. and then I have to be up at like 1 p.m. to get in there and, and go in and watch film and my body's shot, totally messes your sleep cycle up. I'll be awake staring at the ceiling Tuesday at 3 a.m. And I'll have to be in the building at you know nine a.m. for a lift, and then it just compounds all week. You don't recover after these like 
long trips going west to east especially so i would bet whoever's playing the bills next week there you go best thing about cfl you got to stay the night after the games oh dude that had to be awesome but you were kidding just just, (laughs) you were getting on a commercial flight bills at titans you're on spirit airlines (laughs) back from saskatchewan to calgary but that would be Uh, bills titans bills at titans titans revenge game from like what feels like two years ago when they got jumped on the monday night reschedule so yeah, interesting outcome. Again, like we saw bits and pieces because we had to do some stuff in here. I'm going to grind that tape a little bit this week and see if it's as ugly as it sounded throughout. But um, big win for the Bills, no matter what. Uh, and definitely like a statement for them because it felt like last year when they played them at Arrowhead in January that they were a million miles from being able to beat these guys. And they just did handily. All right, let's talk about the, uh, let's start with the 1 p.m.s. Skip around a little bit, but start with the early ones. For the win, from the left hash, two minutes remaining in overtime. Crosby's kick, this time, is good! From GOAT to HERO! All right, Macon just broke broke my bobblehead. Oh my God, my fucking left hand just fell off. I've got this bobblehead from 2008. Okay, well, there's vintage. problem. Here, your wrist and your, your suit sleeve... I feel ten out of ten bad about this. Yeah, you broke my bobblehead. I'm not. I'm not going to hang it over your head like you would me. So no, but this is your one and only NFL draft bobblehead. I'm sure like, there's another one floating around somewhere. It's not exactly the best day of my life. The eight years that ensued were really up and down. Dude, there are only five hundred and three. Oh my others. god! Read what it says on the bottom there. What's the word? That, this the word that starts with F on the bottom of the bobblehead there. Forever collectibles. For, forever collectibles. I guess not. Uh, my co-host just broke my bobblehead. I'm genuinely sorry. If I break my wrist, you're fired from this podcast. Well, like if you did, at least like it's a your voodoo. left wrist. You're right. So you, you'd you're still right. be in business, but yeah. I'm really I sorry. Text, I text with my right. And what we can do here is we can glue this. We can we can glue it back together. They're, they're Honestly, I don't want to glue. Just leave it as is. It's a patina thing, dude. I was trying to cover my midsection. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. Let's right. move on. Let's talk a little football. You know, if this podcast were just audio, that would never have happened. But again, this is that's entirely my fault. Yeah. And I apologize. Okay, Urban Meyer. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel bad. I feel bad. I will continue to feel bad. You should feel bad. Hey, before we talk football, I want to give out a, a mention here. Yeah. The uh, St. Louis Memorial Award. Your Boston Red Sox and the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. That's right. Okay, it's not the Red River Shootout. They're not the Devil Rays, even though the Devil's not real. Devil never really hurt anybody. It was a shootout and on the Fox River. No, in Chicago on the Charles River tonight. There was a showdown on the L.A. River. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Did anybody see that baseball game, mate? Man, we were even aware that it was in the 13th and didn't click on you, over. Like, can you imagine? I know Rosillo was watching it. Okay, because oh. I texted him to be like, what games do you watch? He's like, I'm watching the Sox. Watching the Sox. Sox are getting swept. However you would say it. Uh, but yeah, no, I like, can you imagine 13 inning baseball game and everybody's busy like watching the uh, the lightning delay of an NFL football That's game. True. Like, people were choosing the lightning delay over the baseball game. A playoff baseball and game. Playoff baseball is the tits, man. Which the Sox won six to four thanks to Christian Vasquez. They now Maybe lead the race swept. two to How one. I know. I was watching the lightning delay. Lead the race two to one. Um, okay, so St. Louis Memorial Award. Those guys are toiling in, in obscurity, which sucks. Uh, Kyle Schwarber. We'll give it to him. Three, uh, three for five. 
two runs scored. How ugly is that Tropicana field, huh? The other day I thought it was built in 98. It actually was built in it way before the, the, the Rays moved there. Oh, really? Born, yeah. That stadium was born in the 90s. It's like two years older than Camden Yards, which is aged much better because of that where, warehouse and the whole setup, but hideous to, to say the least. And this game that we didn't watch was in Fenway for the record. See, there you go. On the Charles, that, that dirty water. That the dirty Charles water. River. Um, hey, the, the Jets and the Falcons, I think that's right on a river too. The Thames, the River Thames. Thames, it's right on the Thames, man. I should have laid out there and waited for you to say Thames. I, could, I probably could have <laughs> done that. I don't know, what are we talking about with this game? Just, the Gradient, from us, by us. And did you guys have a uh, bad plane ride? Well, you know, Reed, it, 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 you would think on the surface this is a bad plane ride. And I suppose you're you're thinking the Jets probably had a bad plane ride. I would say that's a good plane ride. Anytime you're in London, it's a good plane ride. 44 to 7, I think we lost the Patriots. I don't know. I blacked out. And, uh, and so just literally, literally the score. Was that the score? No, literally you blacked the, the F out. Well, I, I didn't. I went back to my room and I chewed a Lunesta and went to sleep instead oh. of going out and getting drunk. But I still had a nice plane ride home because you're on the nicest plane you travel on all year long. Like, you know, like, like Virgin Atlantic, like Richard Branson's whole, you know, I'm familiar plane line. Yeah. It's nice. You were in London, depends on when you leave. You might leave six in the morning. You might leave like the next day at noon. You might leave at four. One team I was on did an Urban Meyer thing (laughs) in that, I mean, we were all allowed to go back on our own. Now we all didn't act like Urban Meyer. Um, I got ripped in the streets of London and then I went shopping the next day in the, the, what's the district down there? Harrods and whatever it is, but it was really nice. It suffice to say, it's not a bad plane ride no matter what. And the coaches are also on vacation. You got to remember, these guys live at the office. So they're in London too. Everybody wants to have a good time. You know how you like have to face down a bad loss like as soon as possible? I think everybody takes a break until they get back to America. There was a college football team in the mid-aughts that you might or might not have played on, made the Music City Bowl, and it was like, hey, we can save some money if y'all just drive yourselves oh, to drove, Nashville, we drove, Tennessee. We drove to Nashville. A bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds just oh, yeah. go for it on the way to the bowl game. Me, Biscuit, Ottawa Anderson, uh, maybe Quaku Robinson, uh, Jason Snelling. There were like 11 of us in, <laughs> in an excursion. Vehicle. It was an olive-rented excursion, and we were just rolling 100 miles an hour <laughs> like, to Nashville. It was like really a bad idea. But no, not the worst plane ride. I actually have a best plane ride here, Reed. It's Arthur Blank's plane ride because you know he's flying at like 40,000 feet. If you fly in one of those big PJs like Arthur Blank probably has, and you're flying over the Atlantic, you're, you're just crossing the pond in your G whatever like you're at 40 you're above the storm you're like looking down and there's lightning below you you know what i mean like he's damn near in a spaceship um he's probably got a really nice flight home really probably very quiet like you barely hear the engine i think he's having a nice flight and and that flight is probably on thursday he's probably just going to stay there at uh, harrods yeah why uh, wouldn't you and shop for three days tower of london yeah do all that shit so um but the game the game the game is a reminder of uh, why the NFL owns us. I mean, the NFL just owns us, lock and key, dude. I mean, waking up with a hangover this morning. Thank you, uh, thank you, Crickenberger, uh, for <laughs> throwing shots of uh, Jack at me. Actually, rail rail whiskey I had Saturday night. 
I woke up and I had the sweats. You know, the 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 you know the first hour you're up when you're hungover. I turn on the TV and I remember there's a game in London, and I am suffering through those gradients with a hangover watching Jets Falcons like it's the Super Bowl. I mean, the NFL owns us, man. Everybody, as I turned on the internet, was doing the same thing. It's 9.30 on a Sunday. There are so many great things I could be doing at 9.30 on a Sunday, yet I'm watching that game. The uh, NFL rules. At what point are we too old to be getting sweaty hangovers? Well, I just sweat a little bit. Like if I had you know, some, some dark liquor the night before, usually I'm going to sweat a little bit the first 30 minutes of my day. I mean, I'm great though. Look at me. It's almost midnight, dude. Yeah, you're well aware. Boy, howdy. Um, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts Welcome. went off, dude. And um, Matt Ryan looked good. He looked good. I don't know if they're going to be like a playoff team or something. Um, you know, some idiots might have picked him to go to the playoffs, but they're going to win more games than I thought. Maybe you know, a lot of times with a quarterback or with a player who's older, you don't know what they're going through physically, and that's one thing. You know, we read an injury report like it's the end all be all. I don't know, maybe he's been hurt for a few weeks because he, he looked pretty good today. Granted, it was the Jets, uh, but Tannehill didn't figure out a way to, to look that good. I know he, he was without his uh, top two targets. Matt looked good. He looked better. They got the Dolphins, the Panthers, and the Saints coming up. Loss, loss, loss. See, I think there's one win in there. I don't know if it's going to be the Dolphins or the Panthers. And the Saints, that rivalry is a great equalizer. They really hate each other no matter what those two teams are doing it's going to be close um and wilson struggled on the other end of things you know we said last week hey listen the numbers were good but his placement was a little bit off he did not look so good today bummed to see field turf at that stadium on the pitch bummed to see it anywhere i know get it out of here i do love that roof i do love that stadium is outdoor indoor there's like an umbrella over the fans because it rains a lot in london town but uh i love that big open roof it still makes it feel like it's outside. Where do they go next? They're going to Germany. Stem cells. Yeah, I used to get stem cells in Germany. Yeah, Frankfurt. But I don't think they're going to play in Frankfurt. And candidly, I don't even really know what that means. Stem cells? Well, I know I know it's stem cells, but you, you're getting stem cells in Germany. I just, to, to be honest, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a really good... Uh, you know when you're back. Yeah, no, that, that's where I watched the Eagles draft Derek Barnett two weeks after they, they signed me. Actually, I didn't watch it. I woke up in a, in a cold sweat, not a warm hangover sweat. I woke up in a cold sweat at 4 a.m. to 100 texts saying, sorry, dude. Um, nah, I think Dortmund would be a great city. You ever see uh, Borussia Dortmund and all that yellow smoke and all the crazy-ass people? Like, man, they would love American football there. Yeah, like, um, like uh, Richmond, FC Richmond. Where's Richmond? Uh, they play on Nelson Road in Virginia. No, no, no. It's uh, it's over there in England. Oh no, I don't watch like the third best league. Ted Lasso. Oh God, that shitty show, dude. Finale this this past week. How did it, how'd that go? Uh, Everybody was probably relieved. Heartstrings tugged. Yeah, as always. So two winless teams this week. Uh, still, the Lions and the uh, Jaguars and. Both those situations feel very different. You know, same record, very different situations. And um, I think we know why. And I think it starts with who the head coach is. Like, that's literally why these two situations feel different. Detroit might have 
a lot less to look forward to from a personnel standpoint because they don't have somebody like a Trevor Lawrence who can change your entire franchise, but they have a head coach who who has seems to have the team's respect and like actually has them in games that they're not supposed to be in and losing them tragically in ways that uh that are heartbreaking like today. I mean, you think you've got that game one and you leave Kirk Cousins too much time, of course, uh, it ends with him and Zimmer shoving each other. For people on the internet, they don't dislike each other. They probably dislike each other. <laughs> okay, but, but, but they're not, just that awkward. Not because they're shoving each other. I used to shove the shit out of coaches, man. You know, like just shove them hard after we won. Like I used to shove Gr- Greg Williams into the first row, dude. And I loved Greg Williams. But D- did you get your, uh, your, your bounty check for that? That's funny. That's what a, what a good, what a good joke. I've never heard that one. Oh, man. So many options you picked that one. I think people misread it online. I was seeing people retweet the video and kind of go, oh, trouble in paradise. Well, one, it's not paradise, and there is trouble probably, but it, it has nothing to do with the shove. I felt bad looking at the other team at the same time. They were standing there, the Lions, like shell-shocked. Dudes were just standing on the field. And anytime you're standing on the field like that, especially in a meaningless game to like most of America, two teams with losing records, by the way, that kind of fucked me because, again, I have Vikings under win total. Mm. Good Lord. Um, you, you feel bad for players like that because you know that look, and that's that look where it's like, damn, dude, we really deserve to win this game. I cannot believe the shell shock feeling of losing on the road like that. The noise is deafening. People are running around. It kind of goes, in, you, it's like slow motion. But they've seen this movie. They've they've lost twice this year um, on fifty yarders with no time left on the clock. The first team to ever do that. The question is, are they the best zero five team ever? And I know they climb back into it, but yeah. this goes to show you that that Dan Campbell and and nice guys like him get a bit of a pass for being a nice guy yep. and being a non Urban Meyer type guy, because fourth and four at the Minnesota forty two down thirteen to six, you punt. There's some questionable decisions yeah. being made on the sideline, from the sideline. They do they do claw back in it, get the lead, and then lose in heartbreaking fashion, as you discussed. That's the thing about being a good guy, a nice guy, though. Sometimes yeah. you get a little bit longer a leash. Yeah, I mean... Fourth but, and four, yeah. Minnesota 42, down 13 to six, you punt. That's questionable. No, no question about it is questionable, mm-hmm. Mr. Make. And I, I like... And the baked in part of this, I don't want to give him a pass if he's made bad decisions, but it's not like he's been a train wreck situationally this year. I think he caught some flack for you know, the end of the Ravens game. Uh, some of the clock management decisions that people perceive were, were kind of were foolish. Now, to be fair, I'm not watching every Lions game, zero to 60, but it seems to me that he's done a better than average job of managing this football team. By the way, the, the Ravens game, it ends in fourth and 19 for them. If, if they just make a play on 4th and 19, they have a win. Um, but here's the thing. I totally get I'm partial to Dan because I was, I was kind of defending him when people were just shitting on him early. Uh, and I get that he's a nice guy, so people see that clip after the game. And who, who doesn't feel like, man, that guy gets it, that guy cares. And if, if you played for a guy like Dan Campbell, Matt was asking me, hey, what would you think? And I was like, man, I, I would want to play for that guy because he's not faking that. Those are real emotions. I know phonies. Um, that's not him, dude. That's not him because I, I've heard from people that played in New Orleans where he's grinded it out. I've heard from people that played with him, You know, whether it was in New Orleans or somewhere else. He's coached under Sean Payton. 
He played a long time in the league, and he's qualified to have this job. What he does with it, we're yet to see. Um, but it, it was really fucked up to me that, like, out of all these new coaches, we pegged one coach and one program, okay? In Houston, it was going to be a dumpster fire, and it is to a degree. Players weren't going to care. Players weren't going to be trying. Well, that's not true because they fucked around and won a game already and played in damn near all of them. Damn near. Damn near all of them. So you picked that one to be the the dumpster fire culturally. It is not currently, thanks to David Culley, who guys are playing hard for. Uh, and then you pegged uh, Dan Campbell to be the idiot because you could fit a soundbite into a quote. You, the blue checkmark media, and and you know the NFL writers and intellectuals and people who never played the game. And I don't. I rarely do this, but I'll do this when people are just very short sighted. You took a soundbite and you ran with it and you looked at the guy and heard him talk and you said, he's a hardo. He's not a hardo. You said he's a meathead. Well, maybe he's the prototypical meathead, but the entire point was that you knew that players, you who never played, knew that players would not, quote, buy his shtick. It is not a shtick. Players buy whatever it is because they're playing hard for him. And on top of that, it wasn't even Dan Campbell. It wasn't Houston. It was Jacksonville. Jacksonville's checking both boxes, dude. Jacksonville is the dumpster fire. Urban Meyer is the distraction. Urban Meyer is the guy who people aren't getting uh, the shtick on because it's not a shtick. It's exactly who he is. And um, it sucks because all you fucking, you know, pile on people online piled on Dan when the guy with the rap sheet is right there in front of you with no NFL experience. So the guy that actually has broke his back, literally playing in the NFL, I don't know if he broke his back, but you take years off your life doing it if you're a blocking tight end for a decade in the 2000s and 90s, that guy was supposed to be the idiot. And maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But all I'm saying is give him a chance and I actually buy his shtick, whatever that is. Jacksonville, dude, a lot of coaching issues even today crowd booing urban in pregame warm-ups yeah dude that's, uh, that's affecting bad. getting him to throw the challenge flag yes dude getting him to throw the challenge flag they booed him in pregame warm-ups um they got him to throw the challenge flag uh which was ill-advised right yes i mean it was I, I saw two seconds of the highlight and i was like what are we doing um but the whole the setting for all this is it's a it's like literally it's a long week that felt like a short week for them like they've they've had 10 days since they played but in some ways it feels like they had 2 days to get ready because that news cycle pushed well into the week and that's really tough to like set your players up to deal with that we all saw the grind thing i do want to say this like when they broke it down on grind the other day like probably of the top 10 words to break you know it down on in the nfl like grind is in in there somewhere like 9 or or Man, 10 like 8 or 9 yeah yeah okay. it's up there you know uh but this was a funny week to break it down on grind and some guys were laughing. I don't know if that was intentional or not. I doubt Trevor Lawrence was like, let me fucking make fun of my head coach. Uh, but I do think there was some irony there. They boot him walking in. They boot him into a review. End of half, he's got a replacement kicker, uh, you know, trying a 48-yarder into the win. And the Titans turned that into three at the end of the half. And Lord knows I didn't watch the second half or the beginning of the first, so I don't know if it was a two-for-one situation, but um, you know that's a free three points there. Uh, and then they go for two when they didn't need to. The math didn't dictate they, they needed to. And Taylor was red-hot mad about you know James Robinson getting not getting the ball at the one 
And evidently, they give it to uh, an Ohio State guy. And James Robinson was was averaging eight yards a pop today. So that's why my viewing party goes to Shad Khan. <laughs> I'm fascinated to know if he doesn't care at all. Yeah. If he's going to ride this thing out. Yeah. Or if he's like, all right, it colli- well, and so, then it's the whole fired for cause deal. Yes. So the so the word is that he cares deeply and that he is a good guy and all this stuff, but. I also think, like, I saw a movie where where uh, an owner kind of pushed a team into moving from the city that the team was currently, you know, operating in, mm-hmm. in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and uh, his name rhymes with Dan Gronke, and um, I don't know if Shah Khan is, like, hell-bent on going to London or somewhere else or being the third team in LA or something, but he's really selling this. Because I, I think he's honest. I think he's he seems like a good guy. If he's trying to move this team, it would be the ultimate caper if this was like, hey, I know Urban Meyer's a dumpster fire. I'm going to plant some women in his bar. You know, I'm going to tell him he can stay home on the plane, and I know exactly what he's going to do. And then, you know, it's going to be a total train wreck, and we can move to L.A. Third team, menage a trois, L.A. I just did we just figure something out? I don't know, man. I don't want to talk about Jacksonville anymore. This is a, a program about winners. Uh Pat's Texans. <laughs> Cully has him playing hard, man. He does. And this weekend was a bad weekend for uh, like the head honchos because Bill, although one of the guys suggested this should be the worst plane ride. Kind of provocative, even though they won. Cause it probably doesn't feel much like a win. You tell us. I don't think it feels much like a win. Well, I mean, is Bill always having to teach you something or is a win a win? No, I apologize for winning. I think it feels the same no matter what. Win, loss, it just feels the same. And that's the way it should feel, honestly. I mean, like, because a lot of times you overreact or underreact based on the way a ball goes off an upright or something. Like, you know, the the guys that that were a train wreck today that aren't even like barely football players, except for Pat McAfee, who's going to be on a little bit, just a reminder. Like, these guys. You could play your ass off all game, damn near beat the best team in the world, and you doink one, and it's a loss, and everything, all your your mistakes are, are magnified. These coaches are human beings, too. You know, they, they get high and low. The inverse can happen. You can play awful, and you can be bailed out, like the Eagles today played awful. They could be bailed out, and then that week, if you're not smart about it, the team's like running around like a bunch of goofballs. So I think Bill's going to teach. Bill actually doesn't beat you up when he doesn't have to. He knows the times the teams don't need to be like lifted up a little bit. But I don't think it feels like a real win. Him and Saban had really tough weekends, and I guess Saban, it's first assistant to beat Nick Saban, his uh, his Jimbo and and Bill went toe to toe with uh, David Cully in the the matchup of the century. Davis Mills is, is was almost the uh, sword in the stone guy. I mean, almost of all the first year quarterbacks, three twelve and three TDs. Holy shit, dude! It's apropos that uh, it was almost Davis Mills. Davis Mills looked very bad last week. Yeah, but now he's showing improvement. He's showing he's not a. Uh, Peterman type? No, he's not Peterman. And, and I hate that Peterman always yeah. catches the yep. stray. Sorry about like, that, he, Nate. Yeah, I'm sorry, Nate, because you're a great quarterback. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been in the pros. That's the way I want to put this. Yeah. You just had a bad game. I think it was fucked up the way they put you in. And on top of that, he had no shot that day because everybody loves Tyrod Taylor. And you were pretty average at Pitt. 
too. So <laughs> not, you, not terrible. <laughs> Average. He just doesn't like you for some reason. No, I anything. like him fine. If you're listening. Yeah, I know. The NFL's in good hands now. You got like Kyler, Justin Herbert, Lamar, you know, like who Davis else? Mills. Yeah. Davis Mills. You finished my joke. God damn it. Uh, these Pats, they're in rock fights every week, dude. This is just something else. And by the way, Jamie Collins doesn't even have to turn off his utilities in, in New England like when he leaves. Like he just goes to some fucking Rust Belt team and then gets traded back to New England and walks right back into the same apartment, makes plays, and he's going to get paid. Mike Sando, I think, had a tweet about this. Some team is going to pay him next year, and then he'll be back in Foxborough again because he just can't, Bill and him can't quit each other. Uh, I love Jamie Collins. Saints and the football team. So Washington D-line watch. Um, they've been much maligned on this podcast. If you took it the wrong way, they've been much maligned. I've always said they're a good, they're a good bunch. They've been a victim of the hype, and they haven't gotten home enough this year. Um, they're just not like elite, and certainly that's not a hot take anymore. But today they were pretty good. Okay, in what I saw, they made plays that affected the game, and that's what you expect out of a unit like that. They forced two turnovers for sure. Okay, the Jameis pick, the ball was ugly, but. Jonathan Allen, a face full of Jonathan Allen. He goes hump to power, which is a move where you, you kind of try to get under. Think Reggie White. Okay, think Reggie White in the Super Bowl. There's only a few guys that can like land that move. Howie Long was one of them. Hmm. Yeah, Howie Long was one of them. <laughs> I landed it once in college. He tried it in the NFL and guys were just not moving. Explain it. So you tr- there's different kinds of ways you can hump somebody. <laughs> But like, you know, telling. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm running up the field, getting the tackle to turn. You know, I I go to, you know, chop his outside hand down. He's turned. All his weight is like bailing towards the opposite end zone behind him. And if I can get my, let's say, bicep under his armpit, you know, take him where his momentum's going. It's almost like one of those exercises in the weight room where you put the barbell in the corner of the weight room and you put like a 45 on there and you rotate it, it's all like hip rotation, but with like a full running start. Now that's if you're an end. Defensive tackles hump from like parallel with the guard a lot. He comes right at Pete, who's a big guy, gets under his arm, the hump doesn't really land, and he just keeps going. And, uh, and that just goes to show you how strong this guy is. Anyways, that's, that first pick's him. Now this, the, the play Chase Young made, creating a turnover, he forced the fumble, and Ramchek, who's a really good tackle, I know this from experience. I'm sorry to give, the, it's not like I know the book on him. My old ass beat him for a sack in my last game. It doesn't mean I fucking had a hat trick, so if he's out there, it's not like I think I'm any good. I just know that if you get him turned sideways, his power goes away. And that's true with a lot of tackles, but like that's what Chase Young did. He got up to the level. If you watch that play again, got up to the level, got his hips turned, and Ramchek kind of loses his power there. It was a great rush, two great rushes, two turnovers. Now Taysom Hill on the other end, he got concussed today, uh, and I felt bad about that. I know we joke a lot about hating Taysom Hill, uh, but when he was down on the field, I was like, I hope everybody like, tweets out at least that I hope he's okay after all the bashing we've done of him because he's a good football player. He's such a good football player that I think Jameis Winston led him into that situation. <laughs> He's also impeding Jameis's growth in, uh, in New Orleans, so uh, 
I've seen stranger things. More targets from Marquez Callaway, including Hail Marys into the end zone at the at the end of halves, which I mean turned out to be an eleven point ball game, but that was pivotal. It was huge, man. And I love a Hail Mary, dude. Love a Hail Mary. It's the toughest play like to watch in football. I mean that you could call PI on damn near any of them. And you had the football team defensive backs did not give a whole lot of effort there. Even even PIing not even a college try. And and here's the thing is like we, we always say the biggest rule that even the D linemen know is like knock the ball down, dude. Don't try to catch the fucking ball. But yeah, here's the deal. I mean, more targets for Callaway, more vertical shots. They use Camara more, I mean, which is a big deal. Like that's your best player. Figure out ways to use him. I love them under center. I love him taking handoffs. I love them looking like a, an offensive football team. And they got more more play action going, which was really cool. And Reed pointed out, it was like, once the play action opened up, you know, they were using the play action to get the ball to their best player. And, and Jameis got to build some confidence in him. Alvin didn't have a target last week. He had eight today. Yeah, I mean, like, they did this with him before. I mean, there was a, a period, I think, you know, my first year out when we just started doing this podcast, I want to say going into, like, the Atlanta game late in the year, uh, when remember they had to overcome Drew Brees' injury, they were not getting him the ball. And they go through these weird spells where he just doesn't get it. So your Broncos, Reed, and the Steelers, I guess I would ask you, are the Broncos and the Broncos organization, are they holding uh, Teddy Bridgewater back? You mentioned that earlier and you, that you were going to bring this up. Yeah. Um, I love all the Broncos players. <laughs> wow. They're all awesome. Yeah. Um, all of them that ever donned the uniform? Well, all the current ones, for okay, sure. Okay. Are there any Broncos that you, you didn't like that played ever? I'm sh- uh, Caden Stearns? No. He, no. Well, did you do something that, bad? No? No, he's a safety. I, yeah, I'm about him. Okay, cool. The, um, Pop quiz. If you think of any that you hated back in the day when you were a kid, let us know. Well, there was, uh, I don't think I had, there was a safety who came from Washington, Cravens, who I wanted to be really good, but he didn't. Oh, Sua Cravens. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Because he seemed chill. I don't know. Yeah, well, you got to hate John Elway, not the player. Right, right. You know? Um, Hey, the Broncos, man. I really do think, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also kind of serious because I'm watching Ben and Teddy, and I'm like, Teddy's a better quarterback right now. And that's not saying that like Teddy's necessarily an MVP as a result of being better than Ben, but damn, he he throws some nice balls, man. I mean, uh, that that fourth and goal to Hinton, um, the beautiful go route to Sutton late. I mean, he brought that team back against a good defense, and the interception he threw at the end, it was because he had to. So I feel for for Teddy. I don't think this team is as good as I thought they were around him. And the unfortunate thing is for these players. When you're on a three and one team that's fighting to be four and one, you really believe. Like you believe. Like you're like, oh, this could be our year. And they should believe. But I just don't think they have quite enough to consistently win into November and December. I think they're gonna be this team when you look back at the beginning of the season every year, there's like a team that gets hot. Unfortunately, I think it might be the Broncos for a little bit. Ben though. Showed flashes of Ben. I mean, the Deontay Johnson shot was like a 42-yard throw. I think I did the math. Um, And he crow-hopped into that motherfucker like he was a center fielder. So, uh, I don't know. Sometimes he looks good. I like the fact they opened it up a little bit more today. Uh, P.I. set up 17-6. Third quarter, three minutes to go. Where 
the fuck has been throwing the ball. I know that Ray Ray McLeod is in the area, but like throws like that, okay? And the the worst thing is they're at Heinz Field and you can hear the crowd load up. Like when there's a shot situation, they, they got muscle memory. They're like, it's burning their brains. They're like, oh, let's start cheering. He's crow hopping. So, you know, uh, Claypool's got somebody beat. But then the ball comes out and uh, it doesn't look the same as it used to. Looks like just about 35 runs, 25 passes for the Steelers. That seems about right. It's probably where it should be. That's about right. And Najee Harris had a really good day. Yep. Uh, 23 for 122. Which is incredible. I did not think he'd have this kind of production. So at least credit to them because when people drafted, when they drafted Najee Harris, it was like, why? You know what I mean? Like, love the kid, but why? Well, he's productive. He's their most important offensive player. Uh, He's catching the ball too a lot. Eagles-Panthers now. Did you hear any of Greg Olson call this game? I mean, he was delightful. As I told you in the open, I did not. Saw it. Saw it. Didn't hear it. Dude, he he was great. He's a real natural. I mean, I've known Greg a long time, and uh, you know, I certainly would say this about most of my friends. Like, I didn't get to hear Squanch, but I guarantee you I'd say he did a good job. You know, I'm not going to shit on my buddies. Um, Greg Olson, I heard him, and he was awesome. He properly identified an ET stunt, an ET end first uh, tackle wrapping. I can't tell you how basic that is and how many times I've heard dudes just mailing it in talking about D-line, O-line play. So he's definitely off to a good start if you're a defensive lineman watching. Um, and that's been kind of the Eagles' problem. They're, they never get off to a good start. <laughs> I mean, they start slow as hell. This was one of the worst games I've ever seen a team uh, that that won a football game on the road play like it was pretty remarkable if you're an eagle you might feel good because you're like we couldn't play any worse for 45 minutes and we won virginia defense <laughs> in miami in louisville yeah improving yes showing signs two and oh that's yeah. all that matters yeah philly defense giving up points on first drive for the first five games this year that's not good. It's not good at all. And, and slow starts plague them as a team under Doug, too, uh, you know, for a period there. Like, listen, the defense lifted him up. Slay had two big picks. Um, he kept a minute. Hargrave is ridiculous right now. He's going to be an all-pro guy. He deserves to be. Uh, you know, and he may never have a year like this again. This might be an outlier. Maybe this is, like, more of the same. This is why they brought him here. He was always known to be a really good player. He's playing great this year. Uh, and Fletcher's getting all the slide too, so he got on the board today with Sack. They pressure him a lot, about half the the dropbacks there. So I want to put a lot on Darnold. Um, I want to say that you know it's clock striking midnight on Darnold. It's also early, you know. I don't want to just Jalen either, dude. You know, like it is early in the year. It is early out of New York for for Sam. Although some of those throws were awful, and he's the reason why they lost. It is early on Jalen who had some really rough sequences. I mean, like the end of the half, he fucking, he rolls out. He's got a free play. You know there's an offsides, and he just chucks the ball. He hits the mascot, dude. And the Greg Olson's like, yeah, you got to put the ball in play there. Like, I've never had to hear somebody say that. And then the next play, he misses Quez, who's wide open. But that's a little sequence, man. And he's a young kid. I mean, who had four games out of the pandemic. Uh, and now he's learning to play quarterback, playing for a coach who's not running the football. What did you text me today? I said run the ball. They need to run the ball. Devontae Smith said run the ball during the Bama game. You don't think he's sitting there like, damn, dude, I just saw this on TV, only with 
not as good athletes. And run the ball with the quarterback. He had zero rushing yards at halftime, finished nine for 30 and two touchdowns. No vertical shots, no run game, two yards per attempt. That bad sequence, but they came out in the second and overcame a lot of their best players not playing well. Okay, like best players. When your best players don't play well, like you're going to struggle. And there was plenty to go around. And like, these are all my friends. So I'm not like, but it's my job. So like, you know, you get a bad snap by Kelsey. You get Devontae Smith. What did he do? He, he dropped the ball. It turned into a pick. Um, Ertz had a drop. You know, Sanders went out of bounds. Sanders went out of bounds twice. I love Miles Sanders. He's, I think he's their best offensive player. Why are we running out of bounds in four-minute mode? Like, it was inexplicable some of the things they were doing. And no, somebody asked me, is Minshew the answer? He's not the answer. You don't ruin dudes to, to, to play a guy who's not definitely not the answer. This team is not good enough to make a run this year, okay? But if you make a decision like that, anywhere in the near future, I don't know how that affects Jalen. I don't think it's fair to him yet. And it's also, it's just not fair to the team. Like, give him a chance. Give Sam Darnold a chance, although the Panthers are going to have to make a very awkward decision at the end of the year, as Jeff Schwartz pointed out today very adeptly, because people don't think about this. What is winning if you're going to be 7-9 and nine and you don't know who the quarterback of the future is? Like, that's kind of not winning. Uh, I know Herb Edwards would say you play to win the game and all that, but like if they play themselves in a situation where they're in like the bottom of the like mid bottom of the first, like kind of like a middling team that doesn't make the playoffs, which they probably won't. We've got a, a meme chefed up. What's it say? It's in the works. I don't. I don't know if we should give it away. Okay, we won't give it away. Yeah, has to do with the playoffs and Sam Darnold. But the point is, they think they're there, and they should have been. They should be four and one right now. And they go get Stephon Gilmore. They do think they're there. They tried to get Jalen Smith. Yep. J.C. Horn should come back at some point. Like, they think they're that team. And you know what? I love Matt Rule. Matt Rule is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL already. I just get good vibes from I think he's done a really nice job there. I think he's made nice hires. I just don't know what they're going to do with Sam. If he doesn't prove he's the one and they play themselves into, like, nine and eight. Ugh. You know, like, what do you do then? Because you got to make a decision on this kid. So, yeah. And, and Stanford Steve said it here. USC calls and says, you, you sure you're good? I don't think he'll leave for USC. But I do think Joe Brady might be headed somewhere soon. And that's going to be an issue. Or maybe it's not. Um, but that back end is really good for them defensively. Really good. They, I mean, they're so good. And up front, they're good too. I mean, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, who had like five sacks against Arizona two years ago or a year ago, he had two and two plays today. So they get after it. Uh, I just don't know if they're quite there and they got to make an awkward decision. Dolphins, Bucks, jumping around the NFC South. First off, how are we, we're not, like the NFC South has managed to make us not watch Tom Brady. Like, we're not watching Tom Brady. I did not even think to look at that game. He's, he scored five touchdowns. The guy is, he could be in a new Genix ad. He's so old, and he's so good still, dude. It's boring. Are we bored? Like, we're bored. Nobody was watching that Atlanta game a couple weeks ago. Not a soul. Nobody was watching this game, except for serial killers, right? It's a great point. And, and the NFC, like... If we were in New England watching Tom Brady play in New England, it could be fucking three and twelve Jets. Are it could in town. be the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> it could be the Winnipeg Jets, and CBS would be Nancy there with their Romo. shiny mm -hmm. their a, a team like calling a forty-seven to three blowout. Yep, 
for some reasons, the market and all that stuff, but they're hiding him down there. Oway Award, Antonio Brown. Guy gets the ball and he scoots. He's still got that burst. Yeah, he's really fast. He's still got that giddy up. He's one of the fastest older people I've ever seen. Same with Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson still scares people. Antonio Brown, seven catches, 124 yards, two TDs, and he's like catching that ball even with his man. Yeah, the guy's still good. Jeez. Bears Raiders, his old team, the Raiders. You remember that? For a bit, yeah. Holy shit. You ever want to you ever want to leave somewhere? Just do a whole bunch of erratic shit. Want to burn your, your feet up and just act generally off your rocker. Like if you ever want to leave this podcast, if you if you come in with burnt feet. I think that sort of thing would be welcomed around here. Okay. <laughs> I think I need to go the other way. You need to start acting like just really be myself. <laughs> Like really want to just get out of here, that sort of thing. Well, I got a viewing party for you on a serious note. Uh, it's it's fucking Gus Bradley looking at at Gruden the whole game, thinking, "Am I gonna get a shot at this job?" Because offense didn't play real well today. An incredibly distracting week for good reason. What John Gruden said was ridiculous. What he what he wrote even what he, what he said in that email. I don't know how some people are kind of like, it's not that bad. I don't know what he meant. It was 10 years ago. He was a 48-year-old man, okay? And I'm, I'm friends with DeMarie Smith. The NFLPA stuff aside, like UVA guy, I know DeMarie Smith relatively well. And I hate that for him. I hate that that, that gets uncovered and, and you're having to deal with this shit this week. And then on top of that, to hear Gruden kind of mention in his pseudo-apology Hey, I, I reached out to him and he didn't reach out back. So I hope he does. Like that that part that's ridiculous. So Gus Bradley's probably looking uh, and 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 viewing party. Hell, I'd I'd hate to see D. Marie Smith sitting there looking at the TV. Like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Short week, physical team they played last week in the Chargers and a quarterback that you don't have a lot of tape on in uh, Justin Fields. So that's why we bet the Bears and we were right. We were right. Line didn't look. Quite right for good reason. Yep, yep, duh bears. And the, the throws from Fields were pretty good, right there, Reed? Yeah, he had some real good ones, especially in the fourth quarter to uh, ice the game. He threw his first professional touchdown pass. Oh, nice. A nice little uh, couple yarder to the tight end. Oh, nice. Fuck yeah, dude. But there the Bears' go. defense Get him on came the board. to play Khalil Mack. Eight tackles. Yep. A sack. Two quarterback hits. We got one. One? Officially. I'm going to give him two. Okay. He deserves it. That was really fucked up. And you know what was really fucked up is that like we made that whole big deal about who wins and loses the trade. Guess who won the trade? Nobody. Nobody. It's like one of those situations. Like uh, graphics guys on primetime games two years ago. They won the trade. Yeah, they did. Like people who needed something to talk about for a while won the trade. I mean, fuck, we did it on this podcast. But Mac is still a stud, and I think that that's a funny thing. Is I think people are forgetting about Khalil Mac. I mean, because of where he plays and and so on and so forth, and because he's a victim of his own success. If he's not getting fifteen in a year and doing like Bane shit on national TV on a Sunday night, nobody's my Bevel Conway NFL edition right here. Oh wow, Raiders Bears, no way, silver black silver, navy white navy, looked great. The Cleveland and L.A. game, which we're going to get to in a little bit, could have been mine. Mm -hmm. Very well could have been mine. Very well. But Ole Miss, Arkansas was gorgeous as well. Mm. It's really, I mean, there's there's a few. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, but damn, yeah, that that it's a good call by you. I wasn't even thinking about that. Niners and Cardinals, another game I wasn't really thinking about. 
because uh, there wasn't a lot of scoring, and I don't like looking at those Cardinals uniforms. I'm just going to say that. There were a couple games I, I could really lock in on. I decided to lock in on the others, um, although I, I want to give out my OA award to Rondale Moore uh, because he made the most ridiculous circus catch on the sideline I've seen all year, damn near. Um, the body control on that motherfucker is insane. We need the old unis, make. I, I don't even, I don't, I don't even know about that. The you Pat, don't think the so? Pat Tillman's? Think that, yeah, the Pat Tillman's. I mean, a, a huge upgrade over the current ones, but like the Conrad maybe, Doblers. Maybe we haven't seen the right uniforms. Well, if they're going to be playing in like the Super Bowl or they're going to be doing one of those things, uh, I don't want to see another like Kurt Warner Cardinals. No kidding. Outfit. Get out the St. Louis Cardinals kits over to Arizona. Yes, dude. They cannot let these guys in the playoffs until they change their uniforms. Um, how about your Giants, man? Yeah. How about those Giants? Saquon, man. I mean, what, what, what more can you say? Start to feel bad for a guy after a while. Yeah, I've, I've been there. I'm, well, I'm already feeling bad for him, I mean to say. Like, so I just, this is one of those things, man. And congratulations, though. On the loss. Thank yes. you. Yep. One, this, one step closer to Matt Corral. Hey, that guy's got fucking swag, huh? Yeah. I, if he doesn't have me, bro, if he doesn't have me jumping out of the gym for his leadership ability and his like kind of demeanor. He would say more words in two weeks than Daniel Jones has said in, in that building in his career. I like the kid, dude. I like the kid. Draft him. Get well soon, like, Danny Dimes, like, by the way. Like Lane Kiffin topically said to me when I visited the Raiders, man, I was meeting with all their coaches, the whole thing, walked by Lane Kiffin in the hallway. Coach, you want to meet with the guy who's visiting? He was like, nah, we like him. We'll take him. <laughs> That's amazing. I was like, damn, dude, so maybe I shouldn't get drafted here because it doesn't seem like he's doing his due diligence on me. They went running back Darren McFadden, McFadden. Number four overall. My guy, dude. I love Darren McFadden. Cool dude, by the way. But yeah, the whole Saquon thing, dude, it's like Wentz. Okay, like we talk about rushing players back. Um, Nate, Dr. Fax was talking about this. All credit to Fax to bring this up, but you know, they rush Saquon back. I mean, it, there's such external pressure. There's such internal pressure that tells you as a football player, you got to get back, man. And when you're like somebody with the weight of the world on your shoulders, top five pick, you fucking rush, dude. And Saquon's a good kid. And Saquon's a hardworking dude. So I don't know that he's ever been ready. Um, I don't want to speculate too much, but it's hard coming back from major injury. It's not like when, when your ACL heals or whatever, like the chain is in good shape north and south of there Carson Wentz I saw it with his ACL I'm still waiting for him to look the same he's never looked the same physically um, now he's not some terrible quarterback but he's kind of a he's mid-grade right now and I think a lot of it has to do with he's never gotten back like when he came back the next year his back was fucked up you know he, he's he's been suffering through a lot of injuries I can remember when I've been hurt it's you come back and it's something else. It's it's not your knee. It's not your ankle. It's the next thing. And so I hope you know Coughlin did it to Fournette. Taylor brought that up, right? I mean Coughlin did it to Fournette. Um, it's hard to get back and play full speed in the NFL. Uh, players don't rush, man. If you got any poppers listening out there, be your be your best advocate. I know somebody could Wally Pip you, but if you're running around limping, somebody's gonna take your job as well. Cowboys put up 41, 36, and 44 points last three weeks. Cowboys look good. Trayvon Diggs, 
Trayvon Diggs looks good, man. And he looks good in the number. Note yeah. that again. So yeah. uh, somebody said this week when I posited that they might be currently the best brother combo in the league. Somebody was like, somebody forgot about the Watt brothers. This isn't 2018. It's like, what the fuck are we talking about right now, dude? JJ is a really good player right now, but he's not. These two guys, Stefan and Trayvon, are like top, all, all top pro. Five. Yeah, they're all yep. pro right now. Yep. Right this second. So, Boses. You got some of that too. Yeah, the Boses are the next ones. It's either the Boses right now or these guys. Like, legit. Speaking of the Boses, one of the Boses plays for uh, the LA Chargers who decided not to play a lot of defense today. And with both tackles out, I thought the Browns would struggle to uh, protect. But Stefanski continues to to make things happen. I mean, what a coach. Him and Staley, two big brains that have the respect of the internet, which is the toughest place uh, to gain respect. Hey, worst plane ride for me, the Browns. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, like this is one of those gut-wrenching, we put so much into this Super Bowl, or not Super Bowl, this like, we might see this team in the AFC Championship, we're gonna use this as a barometer, X, Y, Z, like, so important. It's a measuring stick, road game, when you lose like that, it is heartbreaking. And some of the calls were questionable, the uh, the PI on fourth and four, that sort of thing. So it makes, in your mind, you're riding back on that plane, you're dejected because not only did you lose to a team you might see, especially if you play defense, but uh, also you're three and two. And you're up 14 in the second half. Yes, dude. Yeah. Somebody said they're bludgeoning them. Like, I missed the first couple seconds of the second half, and they were like, they are bludgeoning them. And I was like, damn, because I had the Chargers, right? And I like the Chargers, obviously. But this was the uh, L.A. River shootout, man, or the L.A. River showdown. Sorry. There's a river there. In Los Angeles, yeah. Yeah, where Ryan Gosling likes to ride his uh, muscle car. Yeah. Where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal videotapes crimes. That's right. For, for news stations. That's right. Chinatown, Jake. That's a different reference. Yeah, yeah. dude. Really good for yeah. you, dude. Damn. Really good. I didn't know you like to get wet. Yeah, yeah. Where James Dean revels without a cause. All right, I think we know where the LA River is. But the Chargers being ballsy. It's just another wheelbarrow game for them, fourth and two. <laughs> Packed up in their own... In their own... In the, near in, own their, end zone. in the blue zone. They're going for it in the fucking blue zone, dude. That's not even a zone. We got to make that up. It's incredible to me. Fourth and seven. I know like it's the computers telling Brandon Staley to do this, but goddamn, he really trusts those computers. I mean, it is impressive. This guy's going, he probably has a Tesla right now. Brandon Staley drives a Tesla, self-driving. Totally trusts him. Totally trusts him. He's going to be in there looking like a, a fucking one of Darth Vader's buddies when the robots take over in the, with the little hat. That's Brandon Staley. He yeah, kind of looks like one of those guys, too. One of those Roombas. Yeah, he's got a fucking mechanical ass house. Yeah. Yeah. What happens when there's a glitch? A virus, okay? But I like the way he's calling these games because he's not afraid, dude. And it, it bleeds into his team's mindset. We had Austin Eckler on here. He was awesome, by the way. Like, coolest dude ever. Just as you would expect. Member of the houses. Member of the houses, member of my dad's fantasy team. He auto drafted Eckler. He was like freaking out. I was like, that's a good thing, dad. Like, guys, like the Michael Jordan of fantasy. He's also a damn good football player. And he talked about how methodical they are. And I think to him, methodical means we just stick to who we are. 
We don't get too high. We don't get too low. And that's the kind of team they are. They're fearless, man. They're totally fearless. Third and seven, Justin Herbert throws the ball to um, Keenan Allen, end of the game. Keenan Allen drops the ball. Fourth and seven, he goes right back to him. They don't even think about it, dude. They just play. And that's why I love that team. They missed an extra point at the end. Got a little scary for him. Uh, but damn, he might be the MVP by the end of the year. If they win 12, 13, 14 games, they might just have to give it to him. I don't think he's the most valuable player to his team. I think that's Lamar Jackson. Because if you took Lamar Jackson off the Ravens, eek, they're the Patriots. See what I'm saying? Or worse. Yeah. yeah. But this guy is an alien. My game ball goes to Mike Williams. AI Kobe sort of stat line and that it took him 16 targets to get to eight catches, but eight catches, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Guy's ridiculous. They're really good. Streaky ridiculous. Really, really good. And Eckler, as you mentioned, all-purpose back. Dude, so fun. Such a such a fun team. And, uh, you know, people are coming around on the coach and everything. Uh, but, uh, you know, if the internet doesn't make me hate the Chargers, they really are the most likable team of all time because they are the... Now people are on them. Packers, Bengals, dude. The best game of the day. And I kind of want to give my game ball to Joe Burrow. I'm going to give it to a losing quarterback. I'm going to walk, virtually walk our game ball to Joe Burrow in his hospital room, which I hope is really comfortable. He's dealing with a fucking throat contusion, bro. Guy had a throat contusion. I thought he was dead. I thought Joe Burrow was dead. I was weeping, dude. They helicoptered him like John Elway, and now the cameras are really good, so you can see every muscle in his face just like, just shaking. I thought he was dead, dude. He went to the blue tent. I thought it was over. I had the Bengals plus three, which ended up being a push, thanks to Zach Taylor and his uh, his timid ass. He got timid on third and five. Joe Burrow's been looking like Tom Brady, dude. He's been, like literally, he's got ice water or ice? Here's a question for you: Ice going through your veins or ice water? Ice water. I don't want it. All, I don't want it all chunky in my veins. Yeah, right. Yeah, it could be like a a blood clot situation. Right. Yeah. Do people say ice going through the veins or I ice say water? ice water? Oh damn! I've been just like ice in his veins. I just don't ice use water in his veins. I've been afraid to use the saying for that reason. Is it ice in his veins? It's Is ice it? in his veins, and ice that makes no veins. sense. Your carotid artery's just got some ice in there. Like what? What happens then? Yeah. Joe Burrow came out of the tent. I was like, there's no way he's out here to be anything more than a decoy. But like the first thing he did was hit Jamar Chase right through Savage's hand on a dime for a touchdown. I was like, this guy really, this guy could be what LeBron is to, to Cleveland for Cincinnati. I mean, I, that's a little bit of hyperbole. There's a long way to go. But imagine if he wins the Super Bowl in Cincinnati. The jungle is like rocking right now, dude. Is he going to leave and then come back? No, he's going to skip the leaving and coming back leave thing. again? Okay. That's <laughs> really good. But yeah, no, I mean, we haven't even talked about Aaron Rodgers. That's how exciting Joe Burrow is. Is like in a loss, I'm talking about Joe Burrow. And Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers went for like two hundo. Yep. And Aaron started slow, dude. He missed on like a back shoulder that they always hit. And then all of a sudden, fireworks. Great game amazing game and obviously the kicking stuff was a disaster and we're going to get to that with pat mcafee in a second but to sum it up you got the zach taylor mishap because as i didn't finish earlier third and five you've been converting you run the ball 
and uh, and you you you, ha you have to take a fifty-seven yarder instead of like, hey, you've got an entire minute plus left, dude, and you've been converting left and right, and now you're you're scared, and I I, I hate that. And the McPherson miss there was certainly warranted. It was a tough kick. Crosby missed like a million kicks. I thought he was going to be our hollow man, but he he actually redeemed himself. You all have seen that by now. But McPherson thinking he hit that kick. Okay, the, he's the hollow man. Yep. Bad scene. Tough scene for my man. There are things that I've done on the field that I am wildly embarrassed by that didn't even make, didn't see the light of day because you're a lineman. My bad moments, like, y'all don't even notice because you don't even know the good ones when they happen. That was bad. Yeah, it's the Nick Young. Nick Young. Nick Young. Jeff. Very yeah. good. Yep. You, you haven't seen Squid Game yet? No. For those of you seeing Squid Game, I'm thinking maybe after today we just put all the kickers out there and do a squid game with the kickers. Sounds funny. No idea what you're talking about, but sounds funny. <laughs> I like it. And that's the best plane ride for me, the Green Bay Packers, escaping that jungle with a win. People on podcasts, all they're doing is talking about Joe Burrow. Exactly. And yet they're 4-1. and one. Yeah, they're like uh, Jason in the Halloween movie. Short, short little flight. Yeah, it Home is a right short, away. yeah, right back to the, yeah. where they film making a murderer. All those serial killers up there. It's an inside joke from last pot. We're not just taking gratuitous shots at Wisconsinites. Hey, Pat McAfee is going to be on. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they turn 35. I was in high school when I took off my hat in class and my buddy said, whoa, are you going bald? Thanks to Keeps, those crawl in a hole moments are a thing of the past. With Keeps, I get easy access to hair loss treatment, including prescription medication delivered to my door and online doctor consultation. It's simple, stress-free, and affordable. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash greenlight to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash greenlight to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash greenlight. All right, the long-awaited appearance on the Green Light Pod. I, Pat is such a good dude. I, I've gone on the Pat McAfee show sometimes. I didn't know if he'd re return the favor. I texted him like an hour ago, and my man's like, yeah, I'll come on the pod. So, Pat McAfee, welcome to the show, dude. Hey, man, I definitely wasn't the first option, but I'm thankful to be here. Here's you know, the I don't know who backed out. <laughs> you know how this works. I'm going to tell you who the first option was. This is going to trip you out. It was Darius Butler. Uh, and oh, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then shit went haywire because of all the kickers. And I was like, who could I call that could explain to me what's happening but Pat McAfee? Well, I don't know if I can explain it or not, but man, I don't like seeing it either. I mean, these balls are flying everywhere. It started on Thursday night too. I mean, it, it, got, it was bad on Thursday. I thought it was going to maybe, you know, hopefully uh, stop then. Then it carried into Sunday. We got motherfuckers missing everywhere. I, I mean, it, it, it's every, we got great kickers missing hey, right now. Hey, I don't even know. And on top of it, Pat, like, I feel like with the way people are just like, yeah, we don't kick extra points anymore. Like, I feel like you guys are going to start being like part-time workers you know, like, are you guys going to be part-time employees of the NFL? Are guys going to get construction gigs soon? Well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of punters and kickers would do well, you know, on the construction sites. Oh, totally. A couple SIGs, you know, burn some squares, <laughs> hold some signs. I think kickers and punters would do well on construction sites. But not only just extra points you're talking about. I mean, the analytics war on going for it on fourth down in field goal range is insane I, I mean it feels like the field goal is slowly moving out in days like today aren't going to make people if it's fourth in a yard 
I mean, it's Mason Crosby, so they still trotted him out there, you know, because it's fucking Mason Crosby. But it was getting to a point almost where it doesn't matter who the kicker is. Like, we are not playing for a field goal. We're going to go for the – we are in four-down territory regardless. You yeah, know? dude. And, I was shocked Aaron – and Aaron's your boy. So, like, by the way, it's really cool that you guys get Aaron on the show. I mean, that's a nice little thing. When you guys set that up, where you like, all right. It's like, this is going to go well. But then you got to be afraid if he has a rare bad game. Are you like kind of puckered up when he comes on the show? Like, what do I ask him? What do I not ask him? Yeah, I mean, it's always quite a little battle mentally on what, you know, because I have to cover everything where I'm a coward, you know? (laughs) So, like, my big thing is I'm going to talk about everything. Like, I'm not scared of it much, especially if it's football, I'm going to do it, you know? So if he has a bad game or a bad play, like the constant battle is like, all right, how do I present this situation? scary, dude. He's (laughs) he's probably one of the scariest dudes to ask a stupid question. You know what I mean? And like, he's so smart, inevitably, you're going to ask one that he doesn't love. But I did not think that they were going to allow. I thought Aaron would be like, hey, Mason, you're like done for the day. We're going to go get six here. I think the guy who really fucked it up was Zach Taylor because it's third and five. Joe Burrow's been looking like Tom Brady, converting everything. And instead of having faith in him, you know, hitting it out for six yards, you run the football and you set up a 57 yarder, was it or something? Yeah. And then he hits the flag off and he thought that was in. I mean, that's a heartbreaker. I mean, he was yeah. celebrating making, making, he was going bananas, dude. He just made a kick to beat the Packers. That would have been his third game winner in five weeks as a rookie. I don't even look at the officials. I look at the kicker and the holder. They always know if it went in or not. not and not right away time. they were like, boom, buddy, nailed it. Ball game. Have you ever seen that, Pat? Have you ever seen a guy like misjudge a field goal so badly? No, no, especially a holder like Huber. Huber's my guy. He's their holder, you know. He's is he forty six? See the guy with the lettuce? No, no, that's Clark. He's a legend, though. You would be hey, you, me, and Clark get along really well. Okay, good. I like Clark just by the look of Clark. I feel like he walked out of a Boomer Esiason led uh, (laughs) locker room there down in Cincy. So. He walked into my uh, office in Indy one time. I think when the Bengals were in time, they came and we exchanged gifts. He's a good guy. Okay, Clark good. Is, he looked like he's a good a great guy. guy. All looked, y'all yeah. are drug addicts. That's okay, what you're saying? <laughs> okay, we got it. Okay. Oh, uh, no. What are you talking about? No, we're not, zero we're fucking not talking about drugs. Macon? He doesn't do drugs. What's your name? Macon? Yeah. Like, like, a, like, a, like a collab between Mason and Crosby, if you will. Yeah. Oh, or, or big game Ru- winner today. Ru- hey, big game Ru- winner out of you today. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Pat, you got any light bulbs in that room or what's going on? I was told this is audio only, dude. Yeah, it's audio me? only. I was just saying <laughs> that. Too. I was told you, that too. I, I don't, yeah, this motherfucker. When, so we grew up together and then he sells real estate now. And he, and he came in like the first day we started the pod to help out. And now he's my co-host two years later. So, but I guess the thing is for me, like, are guys going to give this guy a lot of shit, McPherson, for, for thinking he, he missed the kick? Like, what's a fine system like in a kicking room? Because in D-line rooms, we have big fines for doing stupid shit. That's what I was thinking. Like, the holder, that's why I was so confused. Hubert has a perfect view. You know, like the holder, I and, and good call by making, by the way, the real estate podcast hosting mogul over mogul. there. He's, you know doing I mean? both. He's doing both. I, I was always a good person to watch when Vinatieri was kicking because I was normally pretty pumped up when it went in, right? So as yeah. soon as that ball leaves, normally I could tell. So when Huber was celebrating with him, I think that was the most – 
uh, interesting thing, but I think they were all pumped. So I think they would have to find each other, you know, like in our particular room, there's only three people and a coach and assistant and every once in a while, the assistant will, coach will have to get it. The coach will have to get it. It's this much tighter room. So it's more of a democracy policy and finding and shit like that, as opposed to maybe one or two OGs making decisions like in the D line room or the outside linebacker room. Oh yeah. You, you definitely have the D line room down, uh, Pat, but I'm like, you know, you, you got the Crosby misses. Obviously they have, they have confidence in him probably because he is such a prolific kicker, but you mentioned Adam Vinatieri, your guy, like who's a legend. But I remember a couple in the last couple of years, I think I forget when it was, but he had a tough run. I feel like, is it almost easier kind of sucking at kicking and then sucking one day uh, than it is being like a hall of famer and then sucking all of a sudden one day? Like what goes into that? Have you ever asked like Adam, what happened those couple weeks or like Adam Vinatieri is just like an old quarterback, you know, like we're kind of seeing it with Roethlisberger, even though they won, you know what I mean? Yeah. They won today, but you're kind of seeing it there for the first yeah. couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. A good comparison is like Justin Tucker is Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's like the best thrower of the ball of all time, you know, that whole thing. And Adam Vinatieri is Tom Brady, right? Like that's how it all goes in the kicking thing. Mm -hmm. And instead of eating avocado ice cream and, you know, that weird chocolate like Tom Brady was doing, he did work on pliability, but I don't think his body was able to go much. I mean, he was 45, 46 years old. Yeah. So I think he understood that father time was going to get him at some point. So I think it hurt him because of how competitive he is. He's one of the most competitive humans of all time. That's why he still did what he did for so long. Such a pressure packed position. Like, yo, he could have retired years ago, had enough money, had everything. Uh, so I think he understood though, that just father time got him. And I, I think he got over it pretty quickly. And I think he feels good. Now his son's about to become a legend. He's the goat, game. bro. Vinatieri is just the unquestionable goat. Maybe this is obvious. I'm curious when a punter knows it it's time to go. Do you start losing a yard or two yeah, or three? And then never, yeah. Is there a new young buck? Because you can probably roll out of bed right now, put it in the old coffin corner there, Pat. Yeah, I've seen it on the internet. Too. Oh yeah. yeah. The old coffin corner. I could drop that thing down in there. Look at right. you making, huh? Right. This is why you need to get out of the real estate game and then focus a little bit more on podcast thank again. you pat we need to have you on hey applaud everybody like you yeah. know what pat's guys yeah. all clap motherfuckers yeah. clap you know because he you heard it from pat mcafee you need to quit your other job dude yeah. but hey, when, I, when i need I a new house you could moonlight okay right. <laughs> that sounds good yeah. hey i understand the real estate business has always been a good one right they're not going to create more land i no, get they're it not. But they're, not also, dirt. they're not making any mm. more dirt which is his this is this is the modern gold rush on the internet though making fucking come on get your pick in your axe pal let's go dude what exactly. are you doing exactly yeah I'm, I'm hitched to a star here pat that um <sighs> that's my entire life dude you're a punter just get on with it it happens but what happens like when you are you never think, hit that because you got out early which is like yeah. such a alpha move to me like i i wouldn't notice it like johnny hecker they say has had a tough year like or he's not he hadn't had the years he's had in the past, and that's my guy. I wouldn't know though what that means. Is that true or false? One and then like Hecker had a rough year last year. I don't know about this year. I think year. it's too okay. early. Yeah. yeah, last year he had a rough year. I don't know about this year. I talked to him a little bit ago. He said he was kind of in his mind. Yeah, which can happen. You know, golf yeah. like you guys, everybody golf. So like sometimes you can get in your head and start overthinking shit, and you kind of even the greats can lose it sometimes. You know, because it's have you done for me lately? It's just you got to repeat uh, repeat something so many times. I think he's back. I think teams tell punters more than anything. Like punters will get cut whenever they're done quicker than anybody. Mm. Like kickers, 
Kickers, they will uh, keep around if they make kicks because you don't know if the grass is going to be greener on the other side. Yeah. But in the punting game, it involves so much explosion because every ball has to travel far. Even if it's a short ball, you have to hit it high enough. So you have to at least explode through it high enough so your gunners can get down there. So it's a very explosive. Uh, I, th- I think the league and the teams tell punters before they have to make the decision like, okay, I don't got it anymore. Did if you, that makes um, sense. Hang time. That was yeah, the answer. Hang time. Hang time. Hang time. Yep. You got to be in the 6.5 range yep. like Plus. that used to be so but like no, yeah, no. yeah that's some <laughs> legendary shit right there you being the the mid six hey listen to you chris you know a little bit about on, it man. i, I paid attention to you motherfuckers man johnny hecker's my guy so i used to just marvel he was like our best player unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like people are like man i'm going to the edward jones to see the punter he throws the ball too you know what i mean uh, you, you guys know. did have like a fake punt every game what a dream that would have been oh for you you would have had a blast bro but uh except for the he's losing a stud. part hecker's a stud he's hecker's a total stud and a in a beautiful human being but i'm looking at the punter thursday night who seemed to have it in his, the back of his mind like fire drill like pick up the ball i didn't even know you could pick it up and punt it i'm sure you talked about this on your show has that ever happened to you would that be like in the forefront of your brain so is that the greatest football play of all time one of i don't them. know yeah one of them. tell me dude are we keeping the score they lost all right <laughs> nobody's gonna, so we got to keep it alive i don't um, even remember who won all i remember is the punt pat exactly that's all that matters i mean rams get a massive nfc west win in seattle but all you need to know is that the aussie bomber michael dixon big dixon energy hats mm. now available um he is He's a good athlete because he played at Aussie Rules football. All those Aussie Rules football players grow up punting the ball back and forth to each other and tackling each other. So that's literally what the sport is. So whenever they get over here, not every Aussie punter can transition into an NFL-style punter because you have to hit it a little bit further. It's a little bit different swing than the standard Aussie swing. But if the Aussie guy can pick up the NFL swing like Michael Dixon has and Jordan Berry has – there, you got some great fucking athletes over there. Stavroka back in Philadelphia folklore back in the day. He was like six six or six seven, two hundred and sixty pounds. He was a legend in Aussie Rules football, and he retired. And then he came over to the NFL when he was like forty or something. So Michael Dixon's a great athlete. I knew he could hit it twice behind the line of scrimmage. I also knew immediately upon him punting it in front of the line of scrimmage, it was illegal. But like any good outlaw, it doesn't fucking matter if they don't call it. And they picked that flag up right off the thing. It was beautiful, Michael Dixon. Dixon's a stud over there. Yeah, it was a gorgeous play, even from a position player here. And I, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. even for <laughs> even from a position player, usually us D linemen aren't paying attention, as you know I was because of Johnny Hecker. Had you seen the Miami punter with the tattoos, who's like six six? He's Australian, the college punter. You seen that yeah, guy? But, oh, Lou Hadley. Oh, that guy's Lou. fucking huge, man. Yeah, big guy. I'd be like, I'd be like a little bit concerned at least getting in a fight with him, like a little bit. Look at this. This is Pat McAfee after a after a fake punt. Pat McAfee strutting, bro. That's a position player playing punter. No offense to other punters. Look at but, he, he keeps going. Yeah, he's he's strutting. Hey, that's the Billy strut. Yeah, that's come on, Billy dog. Strut. Um, I had to do that. Hey, good story about that. Mike Tomlin did that back to me uh, after we scored a touchdown on that drive. I was walking out to do a, to hit the kickoff, and Tomlin was walking down the sideline with Darius Hayward Bay staring at me and laughing. And I found it very interesting. They went on to win by forty. So they didn't. <laughs> do you think it was? <laughs> That's fault, dude. <laughs> they had, they did not care. Oh, that's they incredible. We were both on the Manning cast, Pat. 
I had to go after you, which sucks, because like everybody's like, Pat McAfee's on the Manning cast, like it's the best thing ever. Then they call me, and they're like, hey, you're going next week. And I'm like, well, who do I go after? And they're like, oh, Nick Saban, LeBron James, and Matt Stafford, the most popular you know, quarterback that just escaped Detroit, the greatest basketball player of all time, and Nick Saban. I was so nervous. You do this shit every day. You're on live TV, essentially. Did you get nervous going on the Manning cast, or was it just like smooth sailing? I felt pretty good, man. The guests, I mean, it, it was an impossible task to be a guest on that show. I mean, you know, with the delay, the timing, you're in three different spots They're watching. And I was very lucky, obviously. I know yeah. a lot of the Mannings. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been in a lot of situations with the Mannings. I, you know, I, I know them pretty well. Yeah. And so I was a big fan of what they were going to do. I knew it was going to be a good production. I enjoyed Monday Night Manning the first couple of weeks. And I realized every time a guest got on, there would be a couple good moments. But ultimately, in the end, it was tough. I mean, it was a tough thing. If, and to your point, I speak every day with people on like FaceTimes and Zooms, though. So I know like when you go in, you got to go. Yeah. And then when you're out, you're out, you know, because this is like the modern world now. This is this is what it is now almost. So it was your setup for failure in there. I thought you did great, by the way. Everybody Thanks, was saying man. you looked higher than me, but I thought you did great. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> high actually, because here's the thing, and this is really funny you bring this up. I went on their mock Manning cast, so I got a call like a month before the season. I was like, Peyton and Eli are doing their show, and they're doing this like mock show so they need bodies and i'm like okay i'm like a camp body but whatever so i go on their fucking sh their shit and i'm practice squad but i'm you know i respect those guys so much and i really do like you know i really respect those guys so i want to give it my all well the problem was i forgot that i was going on it later and i hit the bong like five times you know just yeah. enjoying my off night and then i got the alarm that was like hey you gotta go on the manning cast and i log on and it's on facetime pat like you know like the way you described it it's not like you know and i see their faces in the game and i'm like god damn so that was the one thing i wasn't gonna do and the real thing was get stoned okay. but you were stoned I mean, Chris, most of the times you have seen me in my life, there's a good chance. You know, I, I, I mean, I guess when I wake up, you know, if it's a long sleep, but I got it. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of with you, except on the, when I went on the Manning cast the second time. I got it. Hey, that's awesome, though. This is you, Kiki Williams, not Ricky Williams, mm. Kiki Williams. That's his new nickname. I didn't know. That he was high all the damn time. Hey, um, hey, Ricky Williams is coming on my show soon, man. I've never been this pumped in my life. Now, when you came on first time, I was like, oh my God, Chris no, please, Long, are you please, fucking kidding me? Please, dude? motherfucker. And your, your, <laughs> interview, <laughs> your interview with Ricky was an A. Plus. He's yeah. going to go on that show and it's going to do gonna crazy be, numbers. He's going to do numbers, bro. Yeah. He's going to do numbers. Ricky is awesome. Tell him I said hello. That You and him are going to have will. a lot to talk about. Hey, I trolled Penn State last night. You know, I was betting Iowa. Some people said mean things about Gus Johnson's mother, who I don't even know, but I'm sure she's lovely, and they were Happy Valley people, which is ironic because they seem all fucking miserable. They seem like hardos. Unfortunately, there's an overlap on the Venn diagram when it comes to Eagles fans and Penn State fans, but I decided I was going to troll the fuck out of uh, Penn State fans last night, and I was very successful. Pat, where do they rank in the hardo like pantheon of college fan bases? Well, I grew up in Pittsburgh, obviously, and there is some, not as many as Philadelphia Eagle Penn Staters, but there is a lot of Penn Staters in Pittsburgh as well. And they they've always run deep. And, you know, they have their, you know, they have their their situations of their past. They definitely you know, have situations they, in the past. 
you know, things that had happened. And they were a loyal bunch. I think they're a good cult there. Uh, I had a couple of run-ins with, uh, I had the Ohio State cult came after me. They're because culty. Ur- Urban Meyer, I just assume all these big-time colleges are just a cult. Like, I went down to the SEC championship, and I saw a guy who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and his friends barking. Like, <laughs> like Georgia Bulldog barking. And I was like, all right, these motherfuckers are in, you know, yeah. like I in a full suit almost like <laughs> I was like, people could not see what he was doing. And he was just a part of the whole crew. So I, I view them all as cults yeah. and I respect it. You know, like I appreciate it. I think it's part of the college atmosphere. Yes. Uh, but the Ohio State cult came after me one time because uh, Urban Meyer attacked me in an interview. Without saying my name, it was after I did the belly flop on game day, the Brazos belly flop or whatever yeah. on game day, yeah. which was not like rehearsed or anything, kind of just <laughs> done. Hindsight, there could have been a log or something in that muddy ass river that I potentially decapitate myself on. But that was dangerous, by the way. I don't think a lot of people understand that. That's the thing about rivers. There's driftwood. You don't know. One spot is not the same the next day. I grew up in a river city. They gave a little eye you test, know. but when I yeah. was in there walking around, I, I was a little bit like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot or whatever. But after I did that, Urban Meyer was getting interviewed because he was on Big Noon Kickoff and he said something about the ratings were going up or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I guess people don't just want to see like idiots jumping off boats or something like mm. that. I was like, oh, that's is that a shot. Of me? I don't even work for game day. motherfucker. I'm not even getting paid to be here. Okay. <laughs> I, they are just asking me to show up. What are we even doing? So I had to defend myself, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was not, we can't just let that one, that one doesn't just fly by, obviously. Who would I be if I didn't? So I defended myself, just called into question some of his antics of his past. And one pretty cleverly put together tweet, I think. I think it was pretty good. And um, I got killed. I mean, I was, you might as well dump me right in the middle of Urban's chop house at that moment. I mean, <laughs> I was getting attacked yeah. by all yeah. of Columbus for like a good month or two. And then it kind of died off. And then I went to one of the Colts events over at AJ Hawks uh, house. Yeah. I donated, I think I made right with them. So I'm in good with them, but there are some fan bases that are incredibly passionate that I have nothing but respect for. And it's always nice to get into a little tip. With, you it know is, what I mean? man. It is. If I had a favorite cult, I would say the one cult I wish I could be a part of, uh, if it wasn't for Virginia, by the way, I've said this to Macon before, if I didn't go to Virginia, I wish I went to West Virginia. Now, you, you brought up a Venn diagram earlier. Yeah. Pat, do you take any offense to my saying that I don't see much overlap in Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River, in and the West state Virginia. of West yeah, Virginia? Yeah, the song's about, John Denver wrote the song about Virginia. No, yeah, and I saw this going around on the internet. You guys are just fucking idiots. <laughs> you're crazy. You know I mean? Bro, you're absolutely, we can debate this another time, but I just want to plant my flag here with Macon. I, an LSU game is probably the most fun you'll ever have. If you go down to the Sugar Bowl and watch LSU play anybody and and spend the weekend in New Orleans, which I'm assuming maybe you've done at this point, Pat, but like it, you feel like part of the family, dude. They really welcome you in. And that's Yeah, dude. But West Virginia, you guys get John Denver, you have the guy with the musket, and you had Owen Schmidt, who's one of the most legendary human beings of all time. All time, dude. Yeah, all time, bro. Uh, I was just talking to him. I was just talking to him last week. Will you tell he's him coaching. I said hello? I'm sure he says hello right back. Yeah, that's my dog. He's, uh, he's coaching some high school football now. He's back in the coaching game. 
I ran into one of his friends at a bluegrass festival in West Virginia, a six foot seven bouncer with dreads down his back that were 18 years old. And he goes, I know a guy that you used to play against. And I could have guessed it. Uh, it was Owen Schmidt. So Pat McAfee, uh, thank you for you know answering the call. I mean, an hour's notice. This guy is an absolute soldier, and we appreciate you coming on the show, my man. No problem, man. When's this coming out? Tomorrow? Tomorrow morning, bright and early. Well, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Let me tell you about my life. I was sitting here rather high watching football, got a text from Chris, and now I have a new friend named Macon. This That's guy right. is trying to steal country roads from West Virginia. I hey. mean, what a time. If you would like a home, a second or third, in the great commonwealth of Virginia, you just uh, hit the show notes. Yeah, right? show notes. They got the link to his uh, my, his little website. My DMs. Making, how, how bad does Zillow just ruin your... Because I'm Zillow every day. I'm a Zillower I all Zillow day. I Zillow my day. ass off. All day, every day. I go somewhere. I'm like, let me see what the most expensive house is. And is it this place? Yeah, and well, I that's just fine. It. The algorithm isn't accurate, though. Zillow, <laughs> Zillow your heart's delight and then give me a call. <laughs> Zestimate. They are fucking outdated, bro. Please. Please, dude. Hey, when these teams bring in a bunch of kickers for tryouts, is the incumbent like, fuck this? Like, like is everybody in there like just hoping everybody misses? Hey, it's a great question, actually, because um, when Adam Vinatieri was having his tough year, his last couple years, and they had, he was going through an injury or something, where the training room is, there's glass to see the field. And there was like six guys kicking on the field <laughs> while Vinatieri was training, right? And I guess the story goes that Vinatieri was like, uh, none of these motherfuckers are going to take my job. And he was like supposed to be out or something. He came back. Like there was some legendary story of that. So, yeah, there's always that. I mean, there's only one kicker, one punter on every single team. That's it. So, you know, uh, when they bring in a camp leg and they say, oh, this is a camp leg. Like you were a camp buddy. Like, is it? If he gets hot yeah. and you get cold, that is no longer a camp leg. That is the team's leg. You'll be kicking in the Saskatchewan. I can see Adam's holder being like laces <laughs> in. It's so bad. Laces some in. of these guys. Yeah. Hey yeah. guys, a little hot oh, tip whoops. from a Hall of Famer. Laces yeah. in. Hey Pat, thanks for the time, brother. <laughs> they would never have me hold. They knew I'd be sabotaging that. <laughs> see you, Pat. Thank you. Peace. See ya. Twitter, we got our shit together. Okay, we got a, a real handle reflective of the name of the podcast, guys. We did it. Applaud. And now go follow us at Greenlight. Twitter is at Greenlight. We also have a new YouTube channel name as well, Greenlight Tube. Hope you guys like that. All right, Fax is back in the building. Pat was fun, man. He's he's he keeps the energy up, man, doesn't he? How about me calling him an hour ago to come on the show? He tells me he didn't tell me this when he accepted. He's like, I'm stoned. I'm like. I like you did pretty good, Pat. It's good energy, man. To be able to keep it going every day like that is is wild to me. Imagine us trying to do that every fucking day. I just think it's crazy, number one, to be live and not fuck up. And then also to do it every single day. And, you know, like there's days where, fuck, I don't want to do a podcast, dude. And uh, and I might even have like a decent guest. I'm just bored with sports or something. Uh, he's got to do it every day. So thanks to Pat for coming on. I stepped out into the streets this weekend, Chris. A little outdoor space, a little bar, a little live music today. Pro Renata. Oh, yeah, it's a good spot. Good Healthy spot. distance from my fellow human. Hey, listen, man. Cold you, beers. I had three cold beers. Pilsners. You had three beers? It was Pilsner Night Look in America. Look at you. Oh. Is, that, is that what you ordered me the other night? I meant to a ask Pilsner. you. Pilsner. 
that's the worst fucking beer you're, you're, I've ever had. You've lost your goddamn mind, fast. Like, no, no, I gave him an IPA. I gave him an IPA. Oh, yeah. But no, yeah. I asked if they had a Pilsner. Me and Fax were out because we watched the fight, which we'll talk about in a that second. That shit has like a bite to it. Yeah, it's like, called an IPA. That's dude. an IPA. That's gross. That's heavy. No, IPAs are are awesome. Nah, Fax, you're right. Best, you're right. best buzz mind. in the world. Best buzz in the world. Weed pen and IPA. There's right. not a better better buzz on planet Earth, and you can't disagree because you've never tried it, and you kind of tried it. Hey, my three Pilsner scene was so lit that we invited the the in laws to uh to get in on the action, you know, oh, as you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they pop over. Mother-in-law says she caught the pod, and I'm like, okay. I've shown myself to my, my mother-in-law. Should be fine. She said, uh, you, uh, you dribbled on yourself? Oh, shit. You got at the, at the brewery? Yeah. They said that to you? Yeah, and I was like, uh-huh. How about <laughs> next time so you, you went to you the- You dribbled on, on yourself. I was like, yeah. Well, at least you didn't hear me reciting hip-hop lyrics. She said, nah, you did that right before. <laughs> <laughs> really great stretch there that we put out. Did she smile about it? Yes. She's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ga- of course gaining she... clouts with the in-laws. Yeah, from the dude, that's exactly right. Gaining clout. Hey, my my son-in-law not only sells real estate, <laughs> but he pisses himself at times. How hard did you shake it the next time you went to the bathroom at the brewery to make sure it didn't get on your khakis? It's the it's the Nike pants that are the issue. Like a curb so your enthusiasm scene for you. <laughs> Making the song Walking in Memphis, can you sing it and change the Memphis to Charlottesville? Walking in Charlottesville, walking with my Didn't somebody feet. Somebody did that last night. Oh, did, oh deal. yeah, Tyson Fury did it. Walking in Charlottesville. We had just smoked one of those, those pack woods. That's why it's a little hazy, but we, we Ma- came we came up here. Megan obviously didn't see the fight, did no. you? Oh, yeah. fuck no. So yeah, Tyson Fury sung that after he won, <laughs> but grabbed the mic and sung it like he was on American Idol. Yeah, in front of everybody. He had a captive audience. I really think Tyson Fury just (laughs) fights people. Like his whole life has just been about trying to fight people so that then he can make them listen to him singing. And he's pretty good at it, man. I just think if you're a karaoke guy, like that's, that's the dream that all those people have to sit there and listen to you. And Tyson Fury has accomplished that just by beating people up. He's a real good boxer, dude. Yeah, he is. Wilder is a fighter. And like legitimately has every ounce of respect I have to give, like as a as a sports fan. They both had heart. Oh they my heart god, dude. Macon, they were just pummeling each other, which I know is like it was it was a little like there were, there were moments where I was kinda like, Do I feel good about seeing this? There you go. I really wanted I really wanted them to flip out of the ring though. I think <laughs> like there was times they were leaning on the ring, they were the so ropes, gassed, and they're bro. so big that like it's a visual that you never really see. Like because you're used to seeing Floyd fights and all these other smaller guys. Yeah. So when you see the big guys do stuff and like the proportion of how they look in the ring, it's just like holy shit. <laughs> but honestly, it was with with uh, Wilder though. Like I was uncomfortable at times because I thought if we weren't if that wasn't such a heavily hyped fight that was obviously so transcendent as far as like entertainment value, I know a boxing purist is going to kill me. I was wildly entertained by it. I'm not saying it was the most technical great fight. I saw people get killed for saying that online. Like this is the best fight I've seen since I was a kid. The fight made me feel a different way than any fight I've, I've seen since, you know, it's been a while. Um, maybe since college, since we like packed the Fred, like an apartment complex with 200 people over the fire code to see, 
I don't know, uh, De La Hoya, Mayweather or something. Um, Klitschko. Yeah, just, well, not even, no Klitschko fight ever felt this way because Klitschko's not the promoter that Tyson Fury is and not even the promoter that, that, that Wilder is. So, like, as a fan, I just felt so into it. And I don't think if everybody knew after that fourth round when, when Fury went down like three times that this was going to be just an insane classic fight. And I think everybody was kind of bought into, we got to keep this thing going to the finish or until somebody gets knocked out cold. And I don't think if it was such a big fight, they would have let that thing go on because Wilder was looking not just gassed. He was so gassed and delirious that I wasn't sure which one was which. And that's kind of a problem. No, I was just going to say the unsung hero is the referee because I can't imagine how tough of a terrible job how tough of a job it was for him to officiate that boxing match. There was multiple times that if he had stopped it, he definitely, it it wouldn't have been, I I don't think like you as a fan wanting to see a fight keep going, you would have been maybe upset, but like for the health of of either of those guys at times, you're like, holy shit. I forget shit. who said it. I, somebody said it. it was like maybe Andre Ward. Was he one of the guys that yeah. called the fight? He was like, you give something of yourself every time you do one of these fights. Like every time you give a little piece of yourself that you're not going to get back. And that's the, that's the really contradicting thing about enjoying boxing is like, Nothing, I tweeted last night, peak sports, like in this kind of nerd voice, like, you know, hey, if I'd never seen sports before, this is the best sports I've ever seen. It is, because like, there's it's just, just so many so angles. Real. It's, it's so, many so real. And then them showing, the, then them showing the, the wives of each oh, fighter God, in between rounds, like after they've been knocked down and the emotions. And if you're just watching, it, it was kind of interesting just seeing like Wilder's wife. Wilder's wife. She for, was for like excited. Yeah, was she tough. was exciting. You could tell like she's kind of like crying, like going through all types of emotion. Yeah. And then and then Fury's wife, the entire fight, every time they showed her, she just looked like she every shot he was taken that like she was just in pain from it so that was just a different crazy aspect of of the whole fight also dude it was it was some of the best entertainment but it was also just so brutal and that's the that's the hard thing about boxing but i hope we see more good fights like that after i say all that and like it was really tough like these guys opt into what they're doing they're they're making a lot of money like we were talking about this last night. I don't know that any amount of money would 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 make me want to box professionally and go through what like Deontay Wilder went through last night. But I understand that a lot of these guys like came from situations where you have no choice. Like that's why like people say like boxing, football's gonna die out, you know, boxing's gonna die out. Like as long as there's people that are hungry for an opportunity, like whether it's a scholarship or to go fight in front of millions of people, like there's gonna be people that wanna do this shit. And as conflicted as I feel as a fan sometimes, watching somebody like Deontay Wilder just get pieced for an hour, it's still wildly entertaining, so. Hey, Bevel Conway Award College yeah. Edition, yeah, the undercard right. to Fury Wilder, Penn State, Iowa, beautiful, Kinnick Stadium, beautiful uh, yeah, uni yeah, matchup. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Penn State, Iowa was, was beautiful, it was beautiful because I won money, and by the way, I went on a ridiculous heater, I won't read you all the Appreciate that. There was like 19 of them. I mean, I went impressive. about 19 and two this weekend. And Iowa was one of my big swing states. Hey, Iowa, dude. Iowa has got to be the loudest stadium in the Big Ten. I'm only trolling. I was doing that last night to fuck with Happy Valley people 
because somebody uh, was saying really mean things about Gus Johnson's family in my mentions because I said it was a great call. Like, we get it, you guys are mad because your program's taken on the chin rightfully so lately and kind of sucks and you're angry right under the surface. But, like, spare me, dude. I'm praising Iowa. I'm not shitting on you. So at that moment, I had, like, three guys, like, there were three false starts in a row. So what happened was basically Iowa was going to get, like, murked, dude. They were down, like, two touchdowns right off the bat, and they can't play from behind. And they probably got overvalued because seven turnovers last week at the turtle shell or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, They're down two scores, like, early. The only way they get back in that game is that quarterback getting hurt. The new guy comes in, three false starts in a row. James Franklin won't go under center, dude. I'm like, uh, what are we doing, man? Or do the guard tap the center or thing. Or do just any of those things, dude. But it also had to do with the fact that, that stadium was rocking, man rocking it was so loud you couldn't hear the first whistle so i'm tweeting about that and i got penn state fans being like it's not because it's loud (laughs) all right so then at that point i decided that penn state is the new hockey and i trolled them for like two hours um so if you're listening and i trolled you i'm sorry but it was not my fault it was your fault i don't know what you're going to say to this i'm a little bit worried about what you're going to say but i saw Two unis that weren't so hot, yet they were doing it for me. BYU and Boise in Provo. Beautiful uh-huh, scene. Uh-huh. BYU was going with the Navies. Navy, Navy, Navy. Looking pretty good. B- uh, Boise uh, was cool like a decade ago with those with those kits. They went black, white with the orange and blue. It's a lot of colors in accent that uniform. And the black pants. I liked it for some reason. Dude, that's you told like, me to that's say your that. strange fetish, dude. That's your strange uniform fetish is BYU Boise State. What, a, cool. what, a, what about the Thursday night um Seahawks slime green? Well, they look good in that under their I, lights. I think they always look that, good under their lights. Everyone that. was shitting on it. I oh, thought man, it looked dude. awesome. I like it, and that's from somebody who hated playing up there because we always lost uh in prime time. But I will say this about BYU and uh and, and Boise State. I hated it, and when you texted me that you liked it, I was like, save that for the pod because I was shocked. I will also say this. When you mix eras and styles like that, it always looks shitty. You know, not only did it clash, and I know know you know this, but it somehow it worked. But this is the thing. Boise States are like these updated unis, weird color combinations. BYU's just straight out of like the 40s, you know? I love that. Classic. But don't mix them with Boise State. I didn't like that, man. We're we're not parking. We're, we're you're on the Water Street garage. I'm in like Market Street. Market Street garage. And BYU has much better options. That lighter blue. Yeah, for dude. instance. Yeah. I just I I don't know. I it, don't I don't like it. The Boise State. I don't like it zoomed in. The mountains in too, Provo help. It's too whimsical. Get that whimsical shit out of here. We will be back. Uh, Fax and I will be back on Wednesday. And uh, me and Mike will be back Friday, and uh, y'all take care. Y'all take care.